Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. Here, we become students of marriage in order to create healthy, long-lasting relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Smith, and in today's episode, we discuss going from me to we, conversations for newlyweds about in-laws. story began with a fist fight, a screaming match, and lots and lots of cold shoulders. Our romantic relationship started at the ripe age of 17. So when our families found out we were getting married a year later, um, (laughs) the reactions were interesting to say the least. This brought up a lot of emotions and unresolved issues that turned into lingering stale relationships between us and our families. As newlyweds, we were trying our best to figure this marriage thing out, which was difficult enough. But on top of that, we were working through repairing our in-law and parental relationships. Looking back at the state of those relationships, I would have never thought that we would have been here 10 years later, a happy, healthy family. But I have learned through patience and consistency, it is possible. Family dynamics in marriage are complex, especially in parental and in-law relationships. So I'm not here to offer any easy answers. On one end, these relationships can be a shining star in your marriage, a beacon of refuge and support. However, on the other end, negative familiar relationships can feel like an imposition to your marriage, acting against every forward step you and your partner are trying to take. According to research from the Journal of Marriage and Family, conflicts in the extended family relationships will erode marital stability, satisfaction, and commitment over time. Marriage is about two people becoming one unit, but it also means two families joining together to make a bigger family. So how do you go from me to we? In this episode, we will discuss signs of a problem-in-law or intrusive parent, leaving and cleaving, boundaries, and more tips. Before we even get into all the nitty-gritty, let's just go ahead and start with the fist fight. All right, so I ain't gonna lie, y'all. This episode is gonna be full of stories and anecdotes (laughs) because how many of y'all know um, families come with a lot of interesting stories, (laughs) Okay, so does my family. Now, this fist fight, I think, was a good thing, but it was it was interesting. My husband, my boyfriend at the time, came to my brother to talk to him and say, hey, I would like to marry your sister, um, because that was actually one of my things. I told Junior, I was like, hey, if you want to marry me, you got to go to the three most important men at the time in my life. And you have to let them know, you know, and if they weren't okay with it, then 
it was going to be a, a big problem. So he went to my dad. He went to my eldest brother. He went to my second eldest brother. So he went to my brother. He said, hey, um, I want to marry your sister. I know we're young, blah, 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 all this stuff. My brother's listening. All right, all right, all right. He's like, okay, fight me. Fight me. Like, that's literally what he said. Fight me. I'm looking like, what? What is happening? Why, why are we about to fight? I don't understand. He didn't say anything. It wasn't no conversation. He's like, okay, fight me. So my husband's like looking around. He's looking at me. I'm like, don't look at me. I don't got nothing to say to you. Like, so he's like, all right, right now. He's like, yeah, right now. So they proceeded out the front of our, uh, of my mother's house at the time and went to the front yard and they, you know, got into fisticuffs. <laughs> now, this is my brother who's the pastor now. Um, at the time, he was still saved. Uh, don't ever think saved people ain't got hands. I'm just, I'm just put that out there. Um, he was still saved, but you know, he was closer to that thug life. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> maybe he was a little bit closer. I don't know if he would go into fisticuffs now, but at the time that was the, the way to deal with that. I don't know. Um, later on, I found out that, you know, he was making the point, like, you want me to be okay with you marrying my sister. I want you to be able to defend her with your life. I want you to be able to protect her and take care of her and all those type of things, right? All those do things that, hey, so be it. That's how they speak their language. I'm okay with it. Whatever. Although that was an interesting way to go about it, it was really how they hand, had a conversation, I guess, with their fist. Um, so I just wanted to get that out the way. <laughs> that was the fist fight story. Um, so yeah, I thought that was an interesting story. So there was a fist fight. There was definitely a screaming match. That was between um, my mother and Junior at the time when, again, when he was telling her that, hey, I would like to marry your daughter. And um, I mean, she screamed for a while and she screamed a lot. And um, to the point where she had to pause, take a, a blood pressure pill so that she don't, you know, injure herself so that she continue to keep screaming. And if you know anything about Caribbean households, family is already interesting enough. Okay. We just threw them a curveball by getting married so young and lots of cold shoulders, which is more stories that we'll get into. But let's get to the first point, signs of a problem in law or intrusive parent. So I wanted to specify in this episode that we are going to be talking about in-laws because I think people are more familiar with in-laws and like, oh, mother-in-law and father-in-law and, uh, you know, brother-in-law, sister-in-law. These are the problems. But sometimes the problem is coming from your own side, if that makes sense. Like your own parent or an intrusive parent is causing the problems. It's not just always from across the aisle. So what are some signs of a problem in law or intrusive parent? So some signs are they try to turn you and your significant other against each other. They insert themselves in your decisions as a couple. That can be annoying. Oh my goodness. Um, they intentionally make you feel bad. Y'all, some people just be mean. I'm sorry. Um, they don't respect your space or your time. Let's add that. Your space or your time. They continue to treat you like a child. They gossip about you when you aren't there. They are controlling or they find fault with everything. So they're like nitpicky. And sometimes they are even overdramatic or reactive. So on my end, um, I think 
my in-law relationship, it wasn't like negative or explosive. Um, it was just very like cold and stale. Um, there was just a lot of unresolved problems and conversations that needed to be had that wasn't happening. Um, and you know, on, on my mother-in-law's end, I don't think she was ready to have the conversation at the time. I think she was still processing. Um, and you know, I don't, she, she didn't really have a lot of those negative traits, just that it was icy. I don't know how to explain it. She was, it was just cold. It was stale. Um, now on my end, I would say I had an intrusive parent in that my mother on one of the the things that I listed was like, you know, they still treat you like a child. Now, what was interesting is that <laughs> in hindsight, when you think about it, I was like, dang, I was 18. It's like, oh, I'm still a child. So, but I had completely moved out of her house. Like I was not living with her. I had made this decision. I was going to take all the consequences that came with making this decision. Um, but she, for the most part, was still treating me like a child. And this was like two years into the marriage, three years into the marriage. And our relationship was rocky to say the least. So in the beginning, it was very difficult because being with my mother, she would trigger me back into this childlike mindset, right? And when I was under her roof, I would kind of just appease her to keep her calm and collected or whatever to make sure that she's in a good mood. So even though I was married, anytime she would make a request of me or anytime, you know, she would get upset or just start talking to me like I was a child, treating me like I was a child. I would just do whatever she wanted me to do in order to make her calm. Now, of course, if you think about it that way, I, that is an intrusion into my marriage because what if we had plans? What if we said no and then now I turn it into a yes to make her happy? Things like that. So those are just some signs of when your in-law relationship is negative. I want to add, if you do not have a negative in-law relationship, right? Like your in-laws know boundaries and they're respectful and cordial and supportive and encouraging. That is a blessing. Nurture it, cherish it, and just keep going in that direction. Because as your relationship begins to mature, you are going to need stable and nurturing in-laws and parents to help you through the journey of marriage. Because it gets hard if you're having children or if you're making a big move or a big life decision, somebody gets ill, you need family support. Um, so I just want to, to say that for those of you who may already have great in-law relationships. So those are some signs of problem in-laws or intrusive parents. So let's start with how do we solve this problem? Now, the first thing is leaving to cleave. Now, this phrase is very churchy. <laughs> okay. So if you grew up in a church, if you ever went to one of those like marriage enrichment, or if you went to premarital courses with your pastor, things like that, you may have heard leave to cleave. Um, I was trying to find a better way to say it, but hey, it was the thing that makes the most sense, right? Leave to cleave basically means like in order for you and your spouse to become one, you have to separate yourself. It's very, very important that couples, especially in the beginning, spend time alone because what you're doing in the beginning is learning how to live with one another, learning the the likes and dislikes, you know, as far as like living with, with one another, learning boundaries. So it's important that you do that by yourself. When we are under our parents, we tend to act like their child. 
which is not inherently a negative thing. But when you're trying to make decisions with your spouse, then it's not time to be a child. So it's very important that you spend time away from your parents. Now, this doesn't mean you don't visit your parents or you don't, you know, go go to Christmas with them or anything like that. You know, especially if they live nearby, maybe you just visit them once a week instead of four or five times a week or every day after work so that you can spend more time with your spouse, become united with them. Now, there are some caveats to this. If you are living with your in-laws because of financial reasons. This is the best financial decision for you guys at this moment. It's still possible to build boundaries and it's still possible to have, um, you know, conversations and communication with them about, Hey, what is this? But the thing is, as long as you're under their house, they have a little bit of a say because you're under their house, you're under their roof. It, it, this is my personal opinion. I think it's important that you leave as soon as possible in order for you and your spouse to spend that time gelling and becoming one. Another thing is if you're taking money from your parents or your in-laws, you have to stop that also. Because when parents are giving you money, when they're giving you shelter, you're basically their child. They feel like they have they, they can say more, they have more of a say of your decisions in your marriage, what you're doing. Like if you're living over, uh, under their roof, they're like, oh, well, why don't you get this job? Or why don't you do this? Da, 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 you know, so they're more intruded. They're more a part of your relationship than you need them to be. So it's very important that Sometimes, even though you're living apart from your in-laws or your parents, you still haven't left, right? You, you may be talking on the phone every day with them, or they may be coming over every day, right? Maybe that parent is your best friend. It is difficult for you to like not talk to them every day or ask them about every decision that you're making. But it's very important that you have that separation with them because you need time to fortify your relationship and to get on the same page with your partner. If you don't give yourself that time, then your parent is always going to be a, uh, a third party in your relationship. If you have a problem with your spouse and you call them like, oh, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, there you go. You got somebody third in your relationship. In the beginning of our relationship, like I mentioned before, we had gotten married super young and you know, there was a thought like, oh, well, we could just stay with my mom or we could stay with his mom. And it was an absolutely hell no. Now at the time, I don't think I was doing that out of wisdom. I think that I was running away from my mother's house. But <laughs> in the long haul, I even though we were in a little, little studio apartment that was, uh, you know, infested with termites, my goodness, ooh, humble beginnings. <laughs> even though we were in a little studio apartment, looking back in hindsight, I realized how important it was for us to be away. We still had our own in-law problems, but we were able to go home and deal with our own problems and have deep conversations and do what we needed to do in our own home and then face our in-laws together as a unit. So the next point to helping build healthy relationship with in-laws is setting boundaries. This is super important. This is something that I've discussed before. 
Having boundaries is imperative in every aspect of your life and that the same is true for your relationship and when and the relationships you have with parents and in-laws. Setting boundaries shows other people the value of what you are protecting. So when you set a boundary with parents and in-laws, you are telling them, I value my relationship. I value my spouse's voice and what they want and how they feel. If they're uncomfortable, if they don't like something, I value that. And therefore, I'm going to set this boundary, this limit that says this is where it ends. The difficulty in this is the fact that you're setting boundaries with your parents, right? Do you remember being a teenager and the first time that you like try to close the door and like, because you wanted privacy, (laughs) right? You're like 11 or 12 and you're like prepubescent and things are changing. And like, you try to close the door, your parent is in the room and you ask them to leave. The parent respond may be like, what are you trying to hide from me? Like, what are you talking about? I know you, I birthed you, you know, like I raised you, I've changed your diapers, you know, and they may be taken aback because it's just like, hold on, wait a second. Like, I'm the parent and I know you, you know, but that time as you mature, it is necessary that there are limits set in place so that you can become an individual. And the same is kind of true for your relationship. What happens is when you first get married, your parents may feel uncomfortable or a little insecure or a little confused as to why you are trying to set new rules because this whole time they've been your parent, right? They've been in your life. They supported you. They put you through school, all these different things. And now you're trying to tell them, Hey, stop. This is your limit, right? So that causes difficulty and rift in itself because they're like taken aback and like, wait, what's going on? I'm your, you know, you're my, you're my child or whatever like that. So it's important when setting boundaries to understand that although you want to honor and respect your parents, right, because you love them, it is imperative that you do not violate the boundaries of your relationship. Respecting them does not mean disrespecting your boundaries. That's not what it means. It also means that respecting them does not mean they are allowed to disrespect your spouse's boundaries and limits. Sometimes an in-law feels like that they can intrude on your spouse's life and their boundaries because they do that to you. So I remember a time when my husband and my mom got into a little spat. I mean, that was the first and the last spat. So my mom, she is little and petite, but the lady is fiery. Oh my goodness. We have came a long way. (laughs) Okay. I remember, so my mom ruled with the iron fist, right? And she was a very vocal person. Okay. She's hot headed. She yells, she screams, all this thing. So most of the time when she is talking to me, that's how she talks to me. She yells and she screams and all these type of things. And, you know, she even had an interaction like that with my husband. One time, I remember this one time, she was yelling and screaming. I don't remember what it was about. I think it was something that had to do with my health. And I was deciding to do it a different way. I wanted to deal with it this way. She wanted me to deal with it this way. And, you know, she was yelling and screaming as she does. And she was, she thought that she could just do the same thing to my husband, not to, not to control him like she was trying to control me, but for him to control me like she was controlling me. And she's like, oh, you know, tell her junior, da-da-da-da-da-da, whatever like that. So 
she's yelling, she's screaming, it's ridiculous. And my husband, (laughs) at that point, I think he was more frustrated at how distraught I was than her yelling. I don't think she was, he was, you know, worried about her yelling, but I was so distraught and I was so upset and I was so just in agony about her yelling that he was just like, I need you to stop talking to my wife like that. I just need you to stop yada, 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 whatever. After that, my mom just, that just never happened again. Like that, the way she talked to my husband never happened again. You know, she definitely toned down a lot with me. It took more time after that in the coming years for me to work out how to stand up to her and how to talk to her and all these type of things, how for her to talk to me and setting boundaries. But that's just an example how, because I didn't have boundaries with my mom, I did not tell her, hey, this is how you are supposed to talk to me with respect and all those things. She thought that she could just come and bring that same energy to Junior. And Junior and his family, they don't talk to each other like that. And that's not how he, how we talk to each other. So it wasn't going to fly. So that's one example of how boundaries can be crossed. On the other end, with Junior's family, it was a little bit different. Now, I told y'all, I ain't got no books for y'all. I got 10 years of experience (laughs) for y'all in this episode. So there's a lot of stories. Bear with me. Um, But I hope that I'm making a point and that you guys are getting what I'm saying. Um, So on Junior's side, it was an interesting situation because um, Junior is the only son okay, in that family. And I think we know that looking, we know that now looking back the way he went about introduced me to the family and kind of merging me to the family was kind of, you know, I don't think it was done as well as it could have been. And the marriage drum bomb drop, um, was difficult, I think for his family to process. And because of that, I became the target of, you know, the issue that was unresolved in their family outside of me. And because of that, there was some gossiping behind my back and some negative things being said about me and all these different things. And um, to be honest, it wasn't even his mom (laughs) because his mom legit, legit is a sweetheart. Um, But it was some of his mom's friends. And for me, if your friends are talking about bad about me and you're not correcting them or you're not standing up for me or saying something, then you're talking bad about me. This was a huge, huge rift in our relationship. This was the one thing that brought me to, okay, I think I don't want to be in this relationship with this this dude. And I think we were about three or four years in and I was just like, okay, we had gotten to the point where we were arguing so much about it. And fussing so much about it that it was just like, oh, this is just not going to work out. Irreconcilable differences. I think that's what they call it when you don't know why you want to get a divorce. So I'm setting this up to discuss the first step in setting boundaries. And that is having a conversation with your spouse, right? You have to sit down with your spouse, tell them how you feel, be specific, be as direct as possible, and explain to them exactly what the behavior is and how it's making you feel. When I was sitting down with my husband and having these conversations with him, he was not getting it. And I think this was the hard part in having a conversation with your spouse about their parent. We talked about how the parent may not 
you know, maybe uncomfortable with that initial conversation, but your partner may also be uncomfortable with that initial conversation, especially if their parental relationship is strong and solid, especially before you got there. Okay. If they have a strong, solid relationship, they may not be able to see what you're saying at all. And that was the case for my husband and I, as it should be, his mother was, you know, a light in his life and the first woman he loved and all those amazing things. Um, but she wasn't perfect. (laughs) She wasn't an angel. She made mistakes and she was doing things wrong. And I was trying to express to him like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is the behaviors that I'm seeing. This is what I don't like. And he wouldn't budge. (laughs) All right. It's just like, I mean, I think at one point I literally said to him, your mother is not an angel. (laughs) And it was causing fights and fights. He, he felt like that I was coming against his mom. You know, I felt like he wasn't defending me. It got to the point where if he wanted to visit his mother, I was like, okay, I'll stay in the car. And when you're done, you know, visiting your mother, then we'll go home. But I'm not going inside that house, Um, especially if I'm not being supported and I'm being talked of ill in that home. And it was a very difficult, a very difficult few, I want to say at least a year of just like bickering and da 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 going back and forth. I remember when it got to, at least for me, to the end where I was trying to make my point. Hey, I am uncomfortable. I feel hurt. I feel betrayed. All these type of things. And, you know, for him, for him, and, 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 and sometimes you just have to be empathetic. It's hard to do it in the moment, but sometimes you just have to be empathetic and see it from their point of view for him, for his mother, who's the shining light of his life. It was so hard for him to hear those things about her or to see them as true. So unintentionally, that means he's rejecting me. The conversation finally came to a head. I was going over to my girlfriend's house. We were arguing and fussing. I had just come to the point where I'm like, I do not want to be the second woman in your life. Like the roles has to be reversed. Like, I'm sorry. I just won't live like this, you know? And (laughs) funny enough, that night he actually went to his mom's house. And that night I realized I can't be in a relationship with a person who is always going to put me second. In my mind, I could just foresee the future. Like I'm Raven Simone. Like I could just see drama. I could see no peace. You know, we have kids and you know, she think this way, I think this way. And now we're tussling back and forth between opinions and all these type of things. And that's not what I was for. And I had made that decision. Like, you know what? This is not going to work that night. Um, and then funny enough, he did go to his mother's house. He had a conversation with her. He brought it up. In the midst of that conversation, he realized that his mother was wrong. And not only was she wrong, but she was being very stubborn. And listen, let's just call it a miracle from heaven because after that, we were able to have the real conversation. And that's the conversation that I'm talking about. When I came to him and I said, this is what I see. This is what's happening to me. This is what I don't like. This is what, you know, I would prefer to like, I would prefer to happen. He was able to go then and have that conversation with his mother and air things out and squash things. Which brings me to my next step when it comes to uh, setting boundaries. Whoever parent that is should talk to that parent. If your partner is trying to interact with your parents, then you are kind of setting up a recipe for disaster. 
you are sending an outsider, essentially, especially if you're newly married, right? Y'all don't know each other like that, like that yet. Um, so you're sending an outsider to your family to get eaten alive, <laughs> And you don't want that to happen. Your family is more likely to forgive you than to forgive your spouse. So it's super, super important that you are the one to make initial contact. Your spouse can be there with you for support or not, whatever is more comfortable. But it's important that you go there and say, this is what it is. This is what it, what it isn't. This is the boundary. This is what we want. Yada, yada, yada. Because again, although your parents may be uncomfortable with that conversation, they may not like it initially, you are their child and they, you know, eventually will forgive you and they will get used to it. If there's one thing that I've learned is that when you set a boundary and you are consistent with that boundary, people fall in line. If they want to be in relationship with you, if they want to love you and, you know, be a part of your life or your children's life, they will fall in line. And I've had to learn this with my own mother, with in-laws, with even, even as a, as a mother myself, if you set boundaries consistently, people will fall in line. So whoever is, whoever parents is giving the problem, that's the person who needs to talk to their own parents. And what's important in that conversation is that you are assertive with your communication. This is not the time for the, oh, well, maybe if, can you? No, this is, this is what it is. This is what we want. This is how we see it. This is important because if the boundary is set in, in sand, right? If you're drawing a line in the sand and the wind blow and the line is covered, now it's all blurred and all this type of stuff, then it's hard to stay consistent with those boundaries, right? If the person feels like, oh, well, is that always? Is that a maybe? Is that, you know, if, if, if the parent can wiggle around it, then that is going to cause problems. You want to make sure that you are standing firm in setting the value that, hey, this is the line because I value my relationship. I value my partner's feelings in this matter. And therefore, this is what it is. This is why it's important that you guys are alone in setting your identity as a marriage and coming together with what you guys desire. So that way, when you come to them with the conversation, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. It is what it is. And you can even have examples, like if, if they're really getting curious, right, and they want to ask questions, you can even have examples. For instance, um, one of the boundaries we have set for our family is we spend Christmas together. Like, we do our own Christmas traditions. So don't even ask about it. Don't, oh, are you guys going to be in Christmas? No, <laughs> we ain't traveling. We're going to stay at our house. We're going to get nice and comfy in our own pajamas. And we're going to drink cocoa as a family because we spend Christmas together. Now, Thanksgiving, that's up for grabs. Like maybe it's my family, maybe it's his family. You know, we alternate per year. At this point in our relationship, both of our families have come together to do a huge Thanksgiving. And that is a blessing in itself that everyone is so cool and cordial with each other at this moment that we can do one giant Thanksgiving. You can even have examples to help them understand specifically what the boundaries are. My final point is just some additional tips to help you navigate the 
in-law parental relationship. Now, as I said before, the in-law relationship is complex. Sometimes it's not the parents. Sometimes it's siblings or cousins or, you know, best friends or, you know, close family friends. But these general principles can still be used in all situations. I know that as a sibling myself, it's difficult sometimes when another person is coming in and, you know, taking up your sibling's time and, you know, they're doing everything with them. They're not talking to you as much. And that can be difficult as well. Um, But again, it's still important to respect their boundaries and to communicate. So here are some additional tips to help you navigate the in-law relationship and the parental relationship. The first thing that I want to mention is if you are not married yet and you may be in the wedding planning phase of your relationship, pay close attention because this time will expose to you how um, you may be treated um, and how your boundaries may be crossed. And when you communicate what happens from this side of the family or that side of the family or from your own parents, that is a great indicator of how it may be going into your relationship. I have seen that during the wedding planning phase is usually a difficult, difficult time. (laughs) Everyone has opinions, you know, it gets a little bit rocky during the wedding phase. Um, Another time that exposes boundary issues, if you have them or if you don't, is the first time you have a child. I think this happens because during these times, people feel um, entitled to you. I don't know if that's the best word to use, but parents often feel entitled to these very special times. And sometimes they can forget that you are experiencing it. Um, as a parent myself now, I do understand that I have raised this child. I put in all my effort and my love and my time and my money into this child. So now that you're getting married, I feel like, oh, we're getting, now we're getting married. That's a little crazy, but it's like, we are having this experience together. And although that may be true, it is still imperative that you respect the person as an individual and respect what they are saying to you. So that comes up again when you're having a child. So if you are newly married, maybe you're three years in, four years in, you realize you're pregnant and now, hmm, in-laws starting to act a little funny. You know, somebody want to come over a little bit longer. Somebody want to cook you dinner when you didn't ask them. They buy you stuff that you didn't ask them to buy you. All those things are coming up. That's another time for you to, again, re-look at your your boundaries, fortify your boundaries, have conversations with your spouse, have conversations with your in-laws to let them know as soon as possible what it's going to be, what it's going to look like so that they are abreast of the situation from the jump. Another tip is looking at things from their perspective. As I mentioned before, this can be difficult in the moment, especially if you are feeling hurt. At the moment when I was feeling like my husband was not protecting me and not on my side, you know, I was not looking at it from my mother-in-law perspective. But if I can give you any advice from this side, it's you have to lead sometimes with empathy instead of judgment, right? Because you can look and be like, oh, you're a mama's boy or you're a mama's girl, right? Because sometimes you so dependent on your mother that you don't know how to do anything by yourself. 
and that's not good either. Um, or on your father, whatever the relationship is. The point is, I'm saying is that lead with empathy instead of judgment. Sometimes if you take a step back and you just assess and look at it like, okay, well, what's happening here? He is the only son, right? Or the mom and the daughter are best friends or the mom and the sister were best friends. They did everything together. They planned everything together. And now things are changing. If you look at it from that perspective, you you can have a little bit more empathy in um, the conversations that you're having, a little bit more understanding in what is happening. This allows you to Um, have a little bit of understanding and to look at the situation with the big picture. Things still need to be set in place. Boundaries still need to be made, but at least you have a little bit more empathy for the person and seeing them not as the villain all the time, even if (laughs) they may be acting like the villain, right? And they deserve that title, but just look at it from their perspective. The next tip is be open to compromise. If you are way too controlling, let's just put it out there or you are too staunch, like everything has to be your way. It has to look like this. That's not how families work. One way you can kind of help with the compromising is when you're having that conversation with your husband or your wife, um, you can have red lights, green lights, and yellow lights. Red lights are, this is an absolute no. We are not compromising on this. This is what it is. This is what we've decided. You can have a yellow light, which is like, Um, depending on the situation, yeah, we can go this way or we can go that way, or we can have green lights. Green lights is, oh, we don't care. It's it's not, it's not even a big deal. Um, an example of that, let's talk about holidays again. So our holiday red light is Christmas on Christmas. We are with each other. I'm sorry. A yellow light is Thanksgiving. We could do my family. We could do his family. We're flexible. We could go out of town, blah, blah, blah. It's no problem. A green light is like Labor Day, Mother's Day, like birthdays. You know, we're not too, you know, staunch on those. It's like, oh, I really wanted to take the kids to Disneyland. Sure, let's do it. I'm not, it's not even a big deal, you know? So be able to be, to compromise that way. They feel like they're, they're winning a little bit and you get to win. But as long as you're having that conversation with your spouse first, then you can have, bring that conversation to your in-laws. Um, the next tip is pick your battles. For example, Let's say that you set a boundary that you don't want your in-laws to butt in your conversations, your private conversations or something like that. And maybe you guys are talking about dinner, right? And they make a suggestion or something like that. Does that always have to be addressed? You know, no. (laughs) Okay. It was a light conversation. It was about dinner. You guys weren't planning your future or anything like that. So, you know, you don't have to turn that into a fight and it depends on you what you feel like. Okay. No, this is necessary. I need to address this and make sure that they know that our boundaries are in place. Or it's just like, you know, that's something little. I'm not going to make a fuss about it. I'm just going to let it go. You know, pick your battles. Another tip is Speak up if they overstep the boundary. This is really, really important. Remember I said that when you're setting boundaries, boundaries have to be consistent. If you're going to draw a dividing line as like, this is the limit, this is the boundary, draw that sucker in brick, okay? Like, like make sure that you are consistent that this is the boundary, So that means that when the person crosses that boundary, you let them know that, hey, 
I'm sorry. Remember that we talked about this. This is the boundary. And you're doing this with honor and respect because especially if you're parents, but regardless of who you're talking to, you really want to um, have respect for the person's family and in the long run or your own parents. It's just like, Hey, remember we talked about that? And you want to remind them again, this is a boundary and you have to continually do that until they realize that, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a boundary. Right? So it gets to the point where nobody even asked me about Christmas or if they do, they'd be like, Oh yeah, no, no, no. Chris Lynn Jr. They do, they do Christmas at their house. So what you're doing is reinforcing that this is what we have decided for our home. A little side note to this point, sometimes unhealthy in-law relationships does not always look like very negative, right? It's not always somebody like talking bad about you or somebody like being negative towards you or intruding on your, your, um, into your decision-making or anything like that. Sometimes boundaries are crossed with kindness. You got, you drew, you drew your boundary, right? But here comes somebody with a pie, just gently crossing that boundary. Okay. (laughs) Guess what? They still crossed that boundary, even though they bought a pie, they still crossed it. So it's very important that even when it's crossed with kindness, that you kindly and gently remind them that, Hey, that's a boundary. You can't do that. So for example, you may have an in-law who's like, Oh, I want to come for the weekend. And you're like, okay, we've scheduled it. You can come for the weekend. No problem. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh man, I think I'm going to just stay a few more days. You know, I don't, I'm, I, I'm not up to travel, blah, blah, blah. Be like, hold on. I know you're being sweet. They may even offer to cook, (laughs) okay? Oh, I know you're being sweet, but hey, you know, we have plans. You know, we already set aside this weekend. We can't give you any more days. You got to take your behind home. Now, you're not going to say like that because you love them. But (laughs) it's important that, hey, go on home now. We love you. We'll make a plan to meet with you again. So boundaries crossed with kindness are still cross boundaries. You have to be staunch on your boundaries, especially those red light boundaries. That's like, hey, it's a no go. It's a stop right here. The next tip is try not to ask for too many favors from your in-laws or your parents. That goes back to what I was talking about before. If you're living under their roof, if you're asking them for money, if they're your 100% time babysitter that's not paid or anything like that, it is very difficult to ask that person to not make a comment. Like if they're giving you money and you and they see you, you know, buying Chick-fil-A for the fifth night in a row and they're like, oh, why are you buying Chick-fil-A? It's because they're giving you money, right? So it's not that you can't ask them for help here or there, but if you are depending on them, don't expect them to keep their opinions to themselves. That's all I say. The last thing, and I think this is very important, encourage your spouse to have a relationship with their parent, like each other parents. Have relationships with your in-laws. You want your spouse to get to know your mother and your father and your sisters and your brother. That's how the family comes together. So if that means going on a breakfast date or going to play basketball together or doing something, fishing, maybe they like fishing, whatever that thing is, spend time without your spouse, with your in-laws so that you can get to know them so that They are not only connected to you by your spouse. And that way you get to know them, you get to know their quirks, and it calms everything down, make things a little bit more peaceful as you get to know the person. And it really helps bring the family together. So that is all that I have for you guys um, for this episode. My baby is crying, so I got to go. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I have a quote for you guys to end it. And it's, for, it's by Dr. Phil, but I'm going to change it a little bit. Your family are guests in your marriage and they're guests in your home. And they have to fold into your rules and your ways of living if they want to be welcomed there. That's a quote by Dr. Phil, tweeted by Kristen Smith. That is all that I have for you guys today. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Black Marriage Therapy. Remember, all book studies or websites mentioned will be in the show notes. If you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Black Marriage Therapy. Thanks again for listening. See you again soon.